I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. What's up, everybody? This is Trey Biddy with hogsports.com, H-A-W-G-sports.com. A lot to get to today on the show. Obviously, we've been out for a little bit. COVID got us. Knocked us down, but we're back up. We've got a lot to talk about on Hogsports Live. That was a terrible intro. That's, I mean, that's what you get for like being out a couple of weeks. We we delayed the show on Monday, you know, and then we got COVID and wasn't able to talk. And there's a good chance that I, you know, start coughing or something now. I'm good. I'm about 95% right now. The voice hasn't been there. I didn't do drive time all last week. Danny West got COVID. He's also going to join us here a little bit. He's He's bouncing back as well. Uh, before we get started, I want to talk about our 60% off offer. I'm not going to go over all the how to watch stuff. You all know by now how to watch, but Arkansas uh, Hog Sports is 60% off right now. It's 83 cents a week, 358 a month, and build at just 42.96 for the entire year. So if you want insider Razorback coverage from the number one source, go to hawgsports.com and get that 60% off deal. You'd be glad you did. All right, I don't even know where to start. Like. There's been so much stuff that's happened in the time that I've been out. I've been quarantined back here in my office for the whole time. I guess one of the latest things to happen, Arkansas hiring Deke Adams, Arkansas uh, defensive line coach, which caught a lot of people off guard. He wasn't a name that was circulating around a lot. An older guy who's kind of been around the block. Everybody in their head, I think, has a young guy. But, uh, you know, he's been at Ole Miss. He's been at Mississippi State, North Carolina. Been a lot of different places, two times at North Carolina. Coached some really good players. And uh, I actually have FOI'd the uh, information on contract stuff for him. And uh, we haven't gotten any of that back yet. So, don't know exactly what he's going to be uh, paid. The same thing with Dominic Bowman, who was hired at cornerbacks coach, a guy that, you know, I think people look at a little bit more of maybe what they had in mind of, of a guy that, uh, that Pittman would hire, a younger guy who was at uh, – Marshall, also uh, UA Monticello, been in a lot of different places, smaller schools, UT Martin, been in a lot of different small schools, Austin P. But he does have a little bit of an Arkansas connection having uh, coached at, at UAM. So those two spots are, are filled. We're not expecting any other changes with the coaching. I mean, you never know what kind of happened, what kind of dominoes can fall and stuff. Auburn's obviously going through it right now, losing their offensive coordinator after just a little bit. Arkansas basketball back in the receiving votes category of the AP Top 25. Got seven votes. Obviously, things are going swimmingly with basketball. It's, it's interesting how things have shaped up here uh, since Arkansas, what they lose, five of six. Since they had that little five of six streak. And they take on Missouri, clobber Missouri, double up Missouri on January 12th. Go to Baton Rouge, beat LSU, who's number 12 at the time. Beat South Carolina, beat Texas A&M. Go at Ole Miss, beat Ole Miss. 
handle West Virginia pretty convincingly in the SEC Big 12 Challenge on Saturday. And the commonality with all these is Arkansas holds all of these teams to under 40% from the field. So it's like Arkansas is like not shooting very well, not making any threes, didn't make any threes against South Carolina, ended the streak. So how do we combat that? Well, let's let's get super aggressive on defense. It's been J.D. Note and the four forwards. I mean, Missouri didn't Missouri didn't shoot thirty percent from the floor. So that's kind of been the recipe for Arkansas to win six in a row, get back in the receiving votes category, start getting back into everybody's projected field of sixty eight. They're at Georgia on February 2nd. You can tell my voice isn't quite back all the way yet. And there's always a possibility that I just start coughing. Because, I mean, technically, what am I, like seven days into this COVID thing? So, technically, I'm not out of the woods. I quarantine for five days, new CDC guidelines, quarantine for five days, and then five days you wear a mask when you're around anybody and basically avoid anybody when you can. So, I've been walking around the house in a mask. My wife hasn't gotten it. Daughter hasn't gotten it. So, that's been good. At Georgia, a chance to make it seven in a row. That's definitely a winnable game on the road. And then Mississippi State at home, 7.30 Saturday, February 5th. So Wednesday, February 2nd at Georgia, 6 o'clock, ESPNU. Saturday, February 5th, Mississippi State, 7.30, SEC Network. For a chance to go 8-0 as they look ahead to the Auburn Tigers, number one ranked Auburn Tigers. If everything stays the same, I guess, that would be the first number one ranked team I think this is the stat that I saw. Maybe it was Hogstats who brought it up. First number one ranked team to come to Arkansas since UNLV. They've had a lot of number twos, but haven't had a number one come in since then. Tuesday, February 8th, 6 p.m. So Auburn's got to take care of business this week. And then coming to Fayetteville Tuesday, and they'll be number one. So that's a big matchup. Arkansas could be riding eight straight wins with a home game against number one. Tuesday at 6 o'clock, that's usually a late-arriving crowd. We expect it to be packed out, obviously. But 6 o'clock, midweek game, Tuesday, usually a late-arriving crowd. The weather's supposed to get kind of crazy up here this week. I think Thursday, looking like snow. They're talking about ice. They're talking about uh, the storm back in 2009 being comparable to that. Hopefully it's not that. I mean – I'll lose trees if that happens. What's the answer to losing trees when they get caked over with ice and the weight just brings them down? I had one split in half in 2009 in my front yard. All right. Arkansas, I'm going to get to a couple of things before we get to Danny West. Arkansas with uh, the most McDonald's All-Americans – out of anybody in the country, tied for that distinction. UCLA has two. Arkansas has two. Jordan Walsh, number 18, ranked player overall, number five. Shooting Ford, number two in the state of Texas. Nick Smith, number six overall, number two combo guard, number one in the state of Arkansas. Alabama also has two. Texas has two. Kentucky has two. Oh, Kansas has three. Never mind, not tied for number one. They've got the list inverted. Duke has three. So there's a few teams that have three. So Arkansas is actually tied for, I guess, two teams that have tied for third. The list is inverted. Got me on that. All right. Arkansas obviously had a big prospect day. The third, I believe, in a row. 
Danny wasn't able to cover it too much. I mean, it was a bit of a struggle doing all that just because both of us had COVID. But we're going to get to Danny now. Get his insight on what's going on with Razorback recruiting. Trey Betty. What's up, brother? What's going on? Uh, just having a, a very average start to the show, getting back in the swing of things. I've missed two shows in a row, I think. So, um, yeah. yeah, the intro was was trash, and then it's just been just a, kind of a struggle, really, to be honest. <laughs> so you came to me? <laughs> so I'm, I'm coming to you now, the, yeah. other, the COVID yeah, buddy. Yeah, let's try to salvage it. Yeah. It's been a rough stretch, buddy. I mean, both of us have yeah. had COVID, obviously, and then uh, – things went from bad to worse yeah. last night when the chiefs lost that game the way they did. Oh, yeah. So I'm in a bit of a rough patch myself here, man. I mean, you're texting me like, I, I thought you were going to jump off a bridge the way you're <laughs> like, geez, he's like, man, now why? he's like, this is my life. Every Arkansas or everybody's losing. I'm like, Arkansas just bounced back. They won nine games yeah. finally. And, um, uh, the chiefs won the super bowl in 2020. I mean, it's not like that. Oh, these poor bastards from Cincinnati haven't been there since I was in elementary <laughs> school in 1988. It's true. I understand. But, man, those those opportunities, they only come around so often, you know. Yeah. And to be so close, 21-3. Anyway, nobody, nobody wants to hear me talk about the Chiefs. What you got for me? Yeah, well, I mean, just to close it out, though, I don't think this is going to be the last opportunity for the Chiefs. I think they're, they're situated pretty not. well to make a, a few more runs at it, so. I wouldn't get yeah. too down. So, Danny, it's uh, prospect day uh, just wrapped up. The Is it the third straight that they've had? That was third the one? third one in a row. That's and, right. And had some good ones. I want to, before we just kind of go over everybody that was there, uh, Avery Johnson made his third trip to Fayetteville. For those who aren't familiar with Avery, 2023 quarterback, Arkansas's class, by the way, ranked number three nationally right now in class of 2023. But um, this is his third, third visit to Fayetteville. He's the number – 181 overall prospect in the country, number 11 quarterback, number two in Kansas on the composite, number 10 quarterback, number one in Kansas, number 154 overall on 24-7 sports. It's always a good sign when a guy visits that many times. That's right. And it's not a terrible trip for him. You know, it's not a terrible terrible distance uh, from his hometown to get here. So probably going to see him back again pretty soon, I would imagine. Of course, we're coming up on a, a month-long dead period starting today mm-hmm. and through the end of February. So um, he won't have a chance until March 1st, but I would fully expect he'll be back again. He had, as you would expect, a lot of really good things to say about this, uh, this past trip. I think a lot of people are kind of waiting on a commitment at some point but Trey it's so early in the process I'm trying to tell people they've got to get this thing right and I'm not saying Avery Johnson's wrong by any chance Mm -hmm. but I think they're going to take their time a little bit with this thing I really do I mean they they skipped the 22 class taking a quarterback they obviously didn't take one for the first time in a decade Mm -hmm. in a single class so when you do that you better be 100% right about the next one you take and I think they're they're in the mix on several others that are likely to be here in the spring for visits as well. So, you know, I know it, it, there's a difference between wanting to take a quarterback early and, and getting your guy and, and have him be kind of the bell cow for the class. You have that, and I think some of that's at play, but you also have to remember how early January 31st is mm-hmm. in the grand scheme of things. I mean, you think about some of the past few quarterbacks they've taken – 
you know, KJ was a May commitment. Lucas Coley was uh, June, I want to say. So, and those guys did really, really well for their respective classes. Mm -hmm. So you still have plenty of time if you can get through spring, sort everything out, maybe do a little more homework on all of these guys. I think you'd make a, a better educated decision on it. Usually, I mean, the way it kind of works out from a pecking order standpoint, you see like the very elite top level quarterbacks, you know, commit. And then, you know, you'll have schools that miss out on those guys and they'll drop down, you know, and, and you know, start offering another level of, of quarterback. Um, you don't think there's any concern over, over that? Like, you know, get what you can get right now. I mean, this guy's number 10 ranked quarterback prospect in the country. If he wants to come, I mean, don't you kind of got to take him though, right? I mean, I know what you just said, but. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm glad I'm not in the position to have to make those calls. I'm I mean, I like Vic you. Sutton, too, but yeah, I, I there's like no Vic guarantee on any of those guys. There's no guarantee. That's the scary part, right? Mm -hmm. And then, uh, I mean, you got to hope that you do get some of these visitors in here, and, and I think they will. I, I really do. I think, you know, I can't guarantee a, a Malachi Singleton is going to get here for a visit, but I think he's one you got to look at. Um, Marcel Reed recently offered out of Tennessee. Um, you know, you mentioned Vic Sutton there. Wouldn't surprise me if he gets back for a trip somewhat soon. Jaden Rashada, you know, he's number 41 in the country overall, and number five quarterback. You're in his top 10. I know they'd like to get a visit out of Jaden. He's all the way out in Pittsburgh, California. So mm. another name. But you mentioned, uh, you know, you start to see some of the guys fall off the board. We've seen that already with Jackson Arnold, who committed last week to Oklahoma. I know that was the guy that was, if he wasn't number one, he's, I'll, I'll put it this way, he was way, way up there on their board. I feel mm. confident in saying that. So I do think we're going to start to see that trickle effect a little bit. And, you know, I've I still think Avery Johnson might end up being the quarterback in this class, but I'm just saying for a lot of people that expected a commitment over the weekend, you know, he, he got here a commitment didn't happen. I just say maybe pump the brakes a little bit. It's still really, really early. Yeah. Well, maybe Arkansas is a trendy place to be. That's what you would hope for. Mm -hmm. And a, a place where you can be kind of selective at quarterback and make sure that you, you know, you, you do your due diligence with the success that K.J. Jefferson's had and, you know, the success that other quarterbacks have had in Kendall Brown's offense. And we're seeing Arkansas also for the first time in forever be able to recruit off of a winning record. And, I mean, that just hasn't happened. And so there's definitely a vibe that, you know, things are, things are trending up. Yeah. You don't have to say excuse me, Danny. I feel like I have to cough this this whole show so far. <laughs> I felt like, like a little bit of a tickle. <laughs> yep, it makes two of us. I'm I'm being tickled to death at the moment. But uh, <laughs> yeah, it was a good prospect day, as you said there, the third and final. I don't remember a time when I've seen three straight. If I have, it's been a long time before COVID. Obviously, they didn't mm -hmm. have any last year. Um, this time of year, anyway. So. It, it was a busy stretch there. It was a productive stretch for them. Obviously, they're number three in the country for the 23 class. I think they're in a really good spot for a lot of these 2024 guys who have been up here. And then, of course, the current class, 2022, that's going to be made official, officially official, this mm -hmm. coming Wednesday, right? And I'm not expecting a whole lot of action there. Of course, Arkansas got all of their work done in December. So, not expecting a huge, busy day on Wednesday, but, uh, you know, in the grand scheme of things, you you nailed it. Uh, there's a lot of positive momentum. Arkansas is really on a hot streak right now. 
Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. So I'm going to ask you what everybody's wanting me to ask you right now is um, Miles Rouser. What's going to happen with him? Yeah, right now, Trey, I'm not expecting him to sign, uh, barring a late uh, change, a late surprise. Right now, I'm not expecting him to be uh, signing on Wednesday. So, so we're just with that. We're just got to ex- worry about the ranking. Right. We're just expecting him to not sign anywhere, or yep. Yep. is That's there a possibility the down right the road? Is it a holding a spot open? I mean, I think it's a mysterious gonna... situation. Yep, and it's a touchy one for me to talk about without all the details, but I would I would venture to guess they're probably going to hold on as long as they can mm-hmm. and get as much information as they can. And, uh, you know, if, if maybe maybe something can work out for them later mm-hmm. in the year, uh, maybe you take another look at it. But for right now, I'm told uh, not a very good chance of him signing on Wednesday yeah. or in the early signing period. Uh, period. Yeah. I don't even know what you mean. Told me what's going on in the dark myself. So, um, yeah. yeah. Sometimes there's uh, there's things you can't talk about. People are like, you know, you hear fans all the time say, you know, what is it an academic? You, you can't even tell us if it's an academic. Is it a legal problem? Is it you know, is it a health issue? And it's like, well, these are three things that you literally can't talk about. It's not like it's just public information because you want to know about somebody's health. You know. Yeah. You, you don't get to know. Yeah. You don't get to know Typically, about somebody's academic. You don't get a transcript if you want it. You know, that's private information. Yeah. So, Typically, these things, uh, they get out. Obviously, mm-hmm. word gets around, but I've never taken pride in being the guy that puts that out. Right. You know, fans, a lot of fans can, um, you know, sit on the computer and, and not have to put their name on something, too. So, right. Right, right. We'll let them do that. So you also had uh, a few other four stars: Robert, Robert Stafford, uh, Carmelo Overton, Jaden Ham, Shamar Easter, um, a couple guys that are committed to Arkansas already. So it sounds like it was a pretty good weekend. What what's moving forward here in recruiting? We obviously got signing day on Wednesday, and um, obviously not expecting to probably be the quietest signing day for Arkansas in program history. And then um, what what's next for Razorback recruiting? Yep. Yeah, like I said, I hit a dead period today, so things in terms of you know visits will be slowing down. Uh, obviously, the month of February is going to be closed, uh, dead period. I don't, I don't really like that term anymore, Trey, because mm-hmm. it's never truly dead. It confuses it? everybody. It confuses everybody. They think everything just stops, and that's not the case at all. You're still on the phone with kids and and, and constant communication with the with the recruits. But um, so then you begin to look at March first. That'll be a quiet period of about six weeks. 
and you get into the eval period again, the contact period, evaluation period, I should say. So, yeah, it never really stops. But to answer your question is a, is a broad one, but uh, I still think they could pick up some commitments throughout the dead period, to be honest mm-hmm. with you, as a result of some of these guys who have made it to campus in January. I think they're in a good spot. Um, yeah, you mentioned Carmelo Overton. I do want to mention him, four-star linebacker out of Ozark, Alabama, uh, Carroll High School. He was up here. Seemed to me, Trey, he was really, really impressed. And uh, matter of fact, he said he's he's already planning to come back for an official visit this year. So that could happen in, you know, June or so if he so wanted. I mean, nowadays you can get on campus for those early uh, official visits. So keep an eye on Carmelo. I think they made up some ground there. And, um you know, a staggering offer list. I'm looking up his ranking right now. Uh, he's number 28 among all linebackers in the country, according to the composite rankings, and number uh, 22, according to 24-7 Sports. So 6'2", 215, Carmelo Overton is now being added to the defensive big red board. I think they're going to have a, a decent shot at him. Um, Robert Stafford, that's interesting now, a four-star athlete out of Florida, He's already made two unofficial trips here, so want to keep an eye on there. He's a guy that they're going to like at wide receiver, so uh, you get him here twice, uh, you're starting to build something there. So I'll really, really be curious to see if that third visit happens this offseason, and I, I'm betting it will. So uh, probably a, in a really good spot there. And then, of course, I want to mention Brian Huff, one of the latest to receive an in-state offer. He's mm-hmm. a 2023 uh, linebacker out of Valley View. Over in East Arkansas, so really good-looking kid there. He was he was on campus for his first look this past weekend, and I think obviously an in-state guy that Arkansas offered uh, relatively early is going to be one to really keep an eye on uh, here in the next few weeks. All right, Danny. As we continue to talk, I can tell your voice getting drier and more gravelly as we go. So, so I'm going to let you go, and I appreciate you chiming in with us and uh, and keeping us up to date on the latest with Razorback recruiting. Thanks, dude. All right, man. Appreciate you. See ya. All right, everybody. That was Danny West again. You can follow Danny at Danny West two four seven on Twitter, and of course you need a VIP subscription if you want to read all of his VIP content at hawgsports.com. And again, one more time, 60% off at hogsports.com. It's a great deal. It's billed at just $42.96 for the entire year. Breaks down to just $0.83 a week, $3.58 a month, and this deal ends at 10.59 p.m. on Wednesday. That's National Signing Day. So usually this is a big national signing day promotion but obviously as you just heard from Danny we're not expecting a lot of activity on national signing day anyway appreciate Danny jumping on i can feel it in my own voice just rusty right now but we got to get back into the swing of things so i'm here arkansas right now has 8 commitments in the class of 2023 ranked number 3 nationally number 2 in the SEC yes that's right number 3 nationally now they're going to have some work to do obviously to stay number 3 nationally um that would be obviously be unprecedented i mean we'd be going crazy if that happened everybody'd be asking what's going on at arkansas but uh right now luke hots who's out of bigsby oklahoma number um 59 overall prospect in the country tight end Number one prospect in the state of Oklahoma. Shamar Easter, another tight end, 6'5", 225, number one prospect in Arkansas. Jaden Hamm, 6'6", 225, tight end also, number three prospect in Kansas. Those are your top three 
uh, committed prospects right now, all four-star recruits. Caleb James is just shy of a four-star recruit, 6'4", 250 defensive lineman out of Mansfield, Texas. Dallas Young out of Gardendale, Alabama, 6'1", 180, cornerback, number 379 overall. Um, both of those guys, Caleb James and Dallas Young, are like right there on four-star status, right on the cusp of being a four-star. So uh, Anthony Evans, uh, wide receiver out of Judson High School at Converse, Texas, six foot 160, number 525 nationally. Joey Sua, number two prospect in the state of Arkansas, offensive tackle, 6'5", 315 pounds, number 563 national. And Everett Russo, I believe he's the latest to commit, 6'2", 215 linebacker out of Ellenwood, Georgia, Cedar Grove, 584 nationally, 59 in the state. Um, and that pipeline over to Cedar Grove High School via Jimmy Smith continues. Where are we going next? So you look at where things are right now for the 2022 class. Arkansas is currently ranked 22 nationally. They've fallen down a little bit. They've been as high as, uh, I think, 18 fairly recently. Uh, but, you know, other teams are adding commitments and stuff like that. So Arkansas 22 on the high school rankings alone. And then when you flip it over to the, let's see, you flip it over to the transfer portal rankings, Arkansas is currently seventh. So Arkansas is having a, a really nice run right now in the transfer portal. Uh, Ole Miss is, Ole Miss probably maybe lost a little bit more than Arkansas, but they're bringing in a lot. They've got six four-stars and a five-star. They're ranked number one nationally in the transfer portal. They've had a lot of interesting stuff going on at Ole Miss, losing, you know, both coordinators and, you know, just a lot of stuff, you know, in and out, I guess. A lot of changeover, it feels like. Arkansas has been a little bit more stable, plus bringing in um, the five transfer commitments to rank number seven nationally, and that puts Arkansas in the hybrid model, the overall, when you conclude transfers and recruits, at number 19 nationally. Right now, Arkansas has got some immediate help coming in several uh, several spots. Latavius Brini, who I don't even know if we talked about, but him and Dwight McLuthern, uh, Drew Sanders at linebacker, um, obviously Jaden Hazelwood at wide receiver, and Landon Jackson at, uh, at defensive end. All of those are four-star recruits. All of those are guys that played – at the team that they were at last year or started, you know, like McLuthern started. I don't know. It feels like he started like six games or something. Uh, Drew Sanders started three games. Jaden Hazelwood, I guess, started in all but one. I think maybe he was injured in one. Um, Landon Jackson was just a freshman, obviously, so um, and coming off an injury. So all those guys are really intriguing additions to Arkansas. They could probably add a couple more if they find the right guys. I think interior defensive line is an option to explore. And then from there, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't hate on them for two and two interior defensive linemen, but a linebacker, a defensive back, you know, any of those things, maybe just a best available. When you look at Arkansas scholarship scenarios moving forward, uh, Arkansas can sign 21 for the class and then plus seven for the transfer market. So 28 total is what they can sign. Right now they've got 25. Rouser would give them 26. So they continue to, you know, wait things out get all the facts of everything that they're trying to gather there with him. So that could, you know, so we're looking at two or three more signees in the class. And as we've brought up several times, Arkansas brought, you know, all three starting defensive linemen in after spring drill. So there's another round of transfers coming out, you know. So we'll see how it all shakes out. But right now I've got Arkansas at 83 scholarship players. That's not including Rouser. If you add, you know, Cade Renfro is a quarterback that we've talked about a lot is a possibility to get a scholarship. We don't know what kind of wrench it throws in with him tearing his ACL. 
but if you add Renfro or Rouser, it makes them 84. If you add Renfro and Rouser, it makes them 85. If you add Renfro, Rouser, and two more, that gets you at 87. So that puts you two over because you do have to be under the 85 moving forward. Arkansas is going to lose some more players. It's just it, – they just are. They'll lose some guys after the spring. But we're kind of hit a point right now where nobody's, like, entering the transfer portal. There's been some guys that you, like, kind of wonder, like, man, that seems like – why would you enter a transfer portal now? You know, you had all this time to enter and take visits and stuff, you know. So, anyway, I've got it all broken down on scholarship distribution by position and class and, and all of that stuff that you can view on Hog Sports if you are so inclined. Another way too early top 25 came out for 2022 from the Sporting News. Arkansas is number 13th in this one. So Arkansas getting a lot of love next year. And we've talked about kind of how things work with Arkansas and uh, team rankings, like preseason rankings stuff. Nobody will ever rank Arkansas in the top 25 if they're coming off a losing record. Like, for example, you know, the year that uh, Scott Frost, his second year at Nebraska, was a top 25 team. They had a losing record the year before, and they come into the next season as a top 25 team because they have a starting quarterback returning because they're Nebraska. People like Scott Frost. They think, you know, everything's going to change. For something like that to happen to Arkansas, it, you, you just never see it. Like, when has Arkansas ever been ranked in the top 25 when they didn't, weren't coming off a winning record and didn't have a quarterback returning? It would have been the Tyler Wilson year. They were coming off a winning record. Mallet was gone, but we had seen enough of Tyler Wilson to know that he was going to be a good quarterback, you know. And so that's one reason they came in ranked that year. But otherwise, you're just not going to – you're not going to see. Nobody's going to be like, you know what, Arkansas has got a good chance. they got to replace their quarterback, and they're coming off, you know, a losing record. But I'm going to rank them. No, no. Arkansas has to be coming off a winning record, which they are, and they have to be returning their quarterback, which they are. And then you see the love that they're getting, number 13 nationally on the sporting news, and we've seen them even in as high as the top ten. Now, the first game of the season, now I know it's not the same Cincinnati as we saw last year. They've got some players to, to you know, to replace, but there's a recent list of the top ten games to watch. A lot of them are, you know, early preseason, not preseason, but early season games. West Virginia Pitt, September 3rd. Cincinnati, Arkansas, September 3rd. So they make the list. Georgia, Oregon, September 3rd. Notre Dame, Ohio State, September 3rd. Oklahoma, Nebraska, September 17th. Texas, Alabama, September 10th. Texas A&M, Alabama, October 8th. So that's a little bit later there. USC at Utah, October 15th. Clemson, Notre Dame, November 5th. So not all early season game. Michigan, Ohio State, of course, that's last. That's rivalry week. So. Um, I guess they didn't do just all early season games, but obviously uh, the majority of them a little bit early season. So Arkansas has got one on there. That's pretty cool. I mean, considering what Cincinnati was last year, you know, Cincinnati has been really good since Brian Kelly took over there years and years ago. Obviously he's with Notre Dame and now at LSU, but they've been good since then. And, you know, I think it's kind of an intriguing matchup to see a program that they've got to replace their quarterback, some other key players and stuff. You know, Arkansas has got a lot coming back to the home team. How does Cincinnati do as a program against another SEC team that's not Alabama? You know, obviously they got handed, you know, they got beat convincingly in the college football playoffs. But how do they perform again? I think that's an intriguing storyline for a lot of people. And then Arkansas, it's kind of been a bit of a darling. I mean, if, like if you listen to the way Josh Pate talks about Arkansas, you'd think, wow, Arkansas about to take another step. 
We've got some stuff on Arkansas baseball also. Andrew Ellis, for those of you who aren't following Andrew Ellis, you can follow him, Andrew Ellis247 on Twitter. Uh, But he's broken down the uh, two baseball preseason scrimmages that happened over the weekend, Arkansas baseball getting started. Got a nice little rundown. You're going to enjoy Andrew's contribution to uh, Razorback baseball, our new guy over there. So be sure to follow him if you haven't done so already. All right. I'm going to jump into questions. You know, my plan – to be honest, I was going to go like super long today. I didn't know how I was going to do because, to be honest, I'm like 93 to 95% right now. I'm not all the way. Like my wind's not quite there like like it should be. Um, my brain fog, I mean, you saw the start of the show. It wasn't the crispest. <laughs> it wasn't the most crisp start that I've ever had. So my plan was to go like, you know, an hour or something. But to be honest with you, I'm feeling it right now. I'm feeling a little bit of like getting winded and kind of forcing the words. My, my voice, I feel like, has changed over the, the course of the show. So we're going to go as long as we can here. Josh Wilbank says, what's up, Trey? What's up? What's up, Will Lennox? Marcus Brown, what's up? A lot of what's up. Paul Mitchell says, glad you're doing better. Appreciate that, Paul. Josh Wilbank says, hope you get back to 100%. Should be there soon. Hopefully, I mean, Wednesday is my last day to like have to wear a mask around people and stuff. You know, so the new CDC guidelines are five days from onset of symptoms, quarantine, and then five days wearing a mask around people after that. And that was dropped, I think, December 22nd, something like that. I think they changed the the quarantine rules. Pam Stedman says, says, I'm happy you're doing better. Appreciate that. Can these new coaches recruit, says Marcus Brown. We're going to find out. I mean, it's it's just too early to say, really. I mean, they come from different different backgrounds. I mean, uh, when you look at when you look at Bowman's activity, he's been pretty active so far. But he he's been recruiting a different athlete. I mean, he's been coaching at you know uh, P five schools. Uh, I don't know that I've like looked at Deke Adams's like list of recruits that he has he has targeted and gone like, wow, but also know that he hasn't been at play. Like, he's been on staffs that got, you know, fired and stuff like that. You know, it's like not like a lot of opportunities to really establish some footing, you know. From people that I've talked to, that's what, they, that's what they've told me. People who know him personally, that's kind of what they told me. Just kind of been on, you know, staffs that didn't, didn't stick around very long. You know, hired maybe in the fourth year of a coach's tenure somewhere, and they, you know – some stuff like that. All right. Zachary, what's going on here? Zachary Hall says, not quite 2009, but ice total should be over half an inch. Looks nasty for a couple of days. Yep, it does. We had to cancel my daughter. I'm, I'm, I'm third grade girls basketball coach. We had to cancel. Um, we had to cancel our first game of the season due to COVID, and I wasn't even able to coach the first. Well, our first practice got canceled because school got canceled. Our second practice is Thursday, so I'm sure it's getting canceled. Or no, our third practice. Our second. My wife had to run our second practice, so my wife runs our second practice. I'm not able to be there, and then you know the COVID starts hitting. We you know three players. We lose three players on you know it's four on four basketball. Like like you guys care, but. Just other things going on in my life. I like coaching my daughter's third grade basketball team, and we just have not been able to get going. Wife hasn't been able to work because it's just been a cluster, this COVID stuff. 
I mean, she's had to do literally everything, take care of me, take care of my daughter. I've just been locked back here, locked away. And then we're running into this ice storm that does not sound intriguing. I mean, I'm sure it'll be fun to go out and sled a little bit, but Tony Ball says, glad you're better, buddy. My wife and I are recovering from that mess, but hey, it's all about the hogs. Recruiting looks great. Yep. Recruiting is going in the right direction. And I feel like right now it's like everybody I know, if they don't have it, their wife has it or their husband has it. You know, it's like everybody I know seems to have somebody in their household that has recently gotten over it or has it if they didn't have it already. Do you think we see a significant amount of playing time for the freshman receiver, says Ethan Malone? I think that Isaiah Satania has a very good chance at starting. Now, he didn't enroll early, but he is just down the street at Fayetteville High School. I think that he ends up starting probably in the slot. I think they go back to a more traditional, shifty type of guy. So I would look for him having a great chance. Um, and not that the other two guys don't, uh, Bakke and McAdoo, uh, it's just I think that you've got some other guys that are, you know, a little bigger wide receiver that, you know, obviously Warren Thompson Thompson and uh, Jaden Hazelwood and, you know, Keetron Jackson. You look at those guys and say, hey, those guys, you know, probably are either elevating their game or, you know, in case of Hazelwood coming in and you would expect him to maybe be a go-to guy for you. So, yeah, I think that there's a chance they could all play. And Jaden Hazel, or excuse me, Jaden Wilson is another guy that they really like. They really like Bryce Stevens. So, you know, kind of those guys maybe taking that next step. And then Isaiah Satania, I kind of view him maybe as the best of the bunch and would expect him to maybe play uh, soon. Trey, what are your thoughts on the new D-line coach? I think I gave my thoughts there, James. I know you asked this question 20 minutes ago. Chad Drake says, why didn't Arkansas try and get Charlie Partridge as a D-line coach? He was a guy that I had on my hot board. You know, Partridge is a guy that's uh, an extremely strong recruiter. He's been up at Pitt, obviously, for like six seasons now. But uh, Partridge, Partridge was the guy that really broke through in Florida. Arkansas had never, in my lifetime, in my time covering recruiting for – almost 19 years now. Not that I cover it as much anymore. I mean, that's more Danny's thing. But in my time covering the Razorbacks, Arkansas never went into Florida and got a player that Miami, Florida, Florida State all wanted. Never. It never happened until Alex Collins. And that was Charlie Partridge who did that. So that just kind of gives you a little bit of insight in what a recruiter he is. So I thought he was a guy that was intriguing. Sam Pittman and him coached together for a year under Brett Bielema. But he was also like, you know, he's associate head coach up there. You know, there's a lot of a lot of things go into it. Tyler Miller says, do I think it's possible for the 23 class to stay in the top 10? It's possible, yeah. I mean, get the right quarterback. You know, there's, there's some guys out there that are really highly regarded. It, it's possible. I would say, like, maybe the bet would be can they, can they finish in the top 15? You know, maybe not top ten. Like, maybe that's a bet where you see people, okay, maybe I'd put some money on that one way or the other. Maybe that's the betting line. Tyler Miller says with defensive – I mean, like, for example, like Arkansas is number three nationally. Alabama, I don't believe, is in the top 25 right now. You know they're going to finish in the top five, right? So, Tyler Miller says with defensive transfers, we are looking good for guys that would fit in the system perfectly or best available. Are we looking good? I think that they're 
I think that they, I mean, like, let's look at what's happened on defense. So, obviously, they have the entire starting defensive line to replace. They still have some good players like, you know, Isaiah Nichols, Eric Gregory, Zach Williams. Those are all good players. Shad Stewart, those are all good players. Um, and they're like some of the younger guys. Torian Carter is another one. Um, do they have a great nose after losing Ridgeway? I don't know that they have a guy that's going to, like, outdo most of the guys that are lined up and next to him. You know, maybe a guy that's more – they have you know, like, to be average in the SEC, you're really good. So, that's not, like, discrediting those guys at all. I'm just saying, like, it'd be nice to have, like, a monster up there again. And, um, you know, Landon Jackson, how good is a pass rusher? Is he going to be? Is he going to be more of a guy on the other side? But – on the defensive line, I would say that's the area where you would expect them to take, you know, maybe a step back unless – but I still think that they're in the market for some guys. Now, linebacker, you get bumper back, which is great, and you lose two, two key guys, but you also get a guy like Drew Sanders. So, you know, if you have some younger guys step up and emerge, you know, maybe you get – I don't know if – it's hard to say it's going to be a wash at linebacker because those guys were so good for him. So maybe you just take a little bit of a step back there at linebacker. Uh, in the secondary, I think they'll probably be better than they were last year. First of all, you get Jalen Catalan back. Um, you know, you lose Greg Brooks and uh, and uh, Joe Fouché, but you've added Latarius uh, uh, Briney and you've added um, Dwight McLaughlin. I think I think that you improved that position. I think you've got two players. Um, who are better overall, That two, those two players are better to me than the players that they lost, in my opinion. So, in that sense, I think you've upgraded the secondary uh, probably a pretty good bit. And one big reason you get Catalan back also. Now, you also lose Monteric Brown, which is a big loss, but McLaughlin should, you know, fit in nicely there. And everybody else is a year older, right? So... I think you've improved there. And then offense, there's no reason for the offense to really slow down as long as Hazelwood can be a go-to type of receiver. You're not going to get Traylon Burks back there, okay? You're just not. I mean, you might, you might not ever have a Traylon Burks again. You can have other really good receivers that are just built differently. They're super productive also. Um, you know, maybe you get another Jarius Wright or stuff like that. But Burks is just a unique guy. And – Hopefully Hazelwood for them can step up and be a, a key player for them. And then you've got, um, you know, some other guys. So you return all four uh, offensive linemen. You, re- you know, return – I say all four, four offensive linemen. And then I think maybe Takias Crawford slides in over at left tackle, at least trying him out there before you try any other combinations. And then, um, you know, your quarterback's back. Your top running backs are back. Uh, you're – you got a lot to replace at wide receiver. You lose, you know, three of your top four or so guys at wide receiver. But there's some promising players there. Um, tight end, you lose Blake Kern, but you return everybody else, including Trey Knox, who should be bigger and badder. So, yeah, there's reason to think that they should be – the schedule's so brutal next year. Like, you look at this year's schedule, and it's like, wow, but next year's is just like – I mean, <laughs> just every year. It's just how it is. Tyler Miller says, with defensive transfers, we are looking at guys with uh, – and we got some people spamming us. Spamming us with all kinds of stuff. Any interior D lineman out there we can get? I don't know that I would say like there's a guy that just like jumps out. It's like this guy is the guy they're going to get. 
So I, I really think it could be after the spring can we find out anything on that. Why so many empty seats on sellout game, um, basketball and football? Well, I mean, it's just for the tickets sold. So people don't show up. I mean, to be honest, like I really think one reason that you you had empty seats in Bud Walton is because people have COVID. I mean, I just feel like it's just hit that that spike again, you know? I mean, like I'm literally saying like everybody I know, I feel like if they haven't had it, then they have it now. That's how it feels, you know, somebody in their family. So that could be a reason. Or, you know, people concerned about it. Just people concerned about it because it, it has spiked. Uh, will the Hogs have a top 10 recruiting class in 2023? I don't think so. Like I said earlier, I think 15 is maybe the over-under number you want to put out. It's just a great start right now. Like, like people can, you know, like I've seen plenty of people like with kind of a negative response, like, yeah, they're not going to end up third. I mean, watch. Well, yeah, but they've never been third. <laughs> they've never been third, and they are right now. So that's pretty cool. So it's it it, it worst, and I, Josh Pate made a great point on this too. But it worse what it indicates is Arkansas is off to an outstanding start in recruiting. Like that's the that's the measurement right there. Arkansas is off to a fantastic start. So no matter what happens, they're going to end up probably with a pretty solid class unless it just completely dwindles. What was that class under Bielema? Was it the sixth? No, fifteen. It was Devwa Whaley's class, and I felt like they got Devwa, and that was like the last guy. And then everybody else after that, it was just like like the first nine, ten guys in that class were like, wow, this is a great start. And then it was just like, bleh. Not bleh. I don't mean to say that. Like there were some good players in that class. I'm just talking from like a recruiting ranking standpoint. It just was not a very solid finish at all. Dustin Hoofman says, looking forward to seeing what Dominic Johnson can uh, do with the full season. Absolutely. Um, I am too. I, I, I really feel like he should be the feature back. You know, him and Rocket Sanders, you get those guys going. I think A.J. Green has a chance to make a, a nice step forward, being kind of the shifty back on that team. And Daniel Proc makes a great point here. Could Cam Ball step up, up this season? I see Cam Ball leapfrogging some people this year, just based on what I hear from inside the program about him. and Stuff Sam Pittman has said publicly also. I think he's a guy we see uh, maybe leapfrog some guys. And, you know, at 6'5", 300, as a true freshman, maybe he is that massive defensive interior lineman. So, get another good offseason for him, real good. You know, two winter winter training cycles, summer training cycles, spring football. Maybe you could see him make a really nice jump forward. Jason Jaybird Jones says, think Rocket could play more receiver next season. I think they need him at running back. I mean, yeah, you can split him out some. He can catch the ball, but I think primarily you keep him at running back. Eric Dwayne says, you need three solid running backs, and I think they've got that right now. Is the Arkansas in-state football recruiting for 2023 full of talent? It looks like a, a pretty decent start. I don't know about the depth of this year, but it looks like some good guys at the top. Trey, how do you feel about the players that transferred and playing next season? I think all of them will play next season. I think there's a great chance that every one of them starts. The scholarship guys. 
Cade Fortin, you know, obviously going to provide some depth at quarterback. Steve Culver says, excited about special teams. Hopefully that punter is good. Hopefully we can get better with the return game. Well, they still got Reed Bauer coming in, so Max Fletcher doesn't just automatically take the starting punting job. They do have Reed Bauer coming back, who is maybe the greatest holder in college football right now also. Shout out to Reed Bauer. Had a great season, both punting and holding. And, uh, you know, return game, I think you look at, you know, Bryce Stevens obviously moving in there. From what I'm told, it looks like Nathan Perotti's not going to return. He has, I don't think it made anything official announcement, but I don't think he's going to return. But uh, you move Bryce Stevens in there. Maybe Chase Lowry's another guy you look at as some options. I mean, you go back and look at Chase Lowry's uh, high school highlights and watch him return punts. He can really, really scoot. Uh, so you've got that situation. Um, kick return, A.J. Green, Rocket Sanders maybe, um, Bryce Stevens, Chase Lowry. Maybe those are all guys you consider there. Um and you got Cam Little kicking. And Arkansas just picked up a walk-on kicker also just recently. So, um, yeah, that's where things are. All right, everybody. I don't know if you can tell or not, but I'm kind of struggling. <laughs> it was good to get this show out of the way. I probably should have just done this show and not published it just because, I mean, I could tell from the start. It was like, wow, that was a, that was a terrible introduction. Just lame. Maybe my worst introduction ever. All right, everybody. Thanks for joining me. Uh, one more time, I want to mention there's 60% off at hogsports.com. So if you haven't signed up at hogsports, it's H-A-W-G sports.com. Get the number one independent Razorback source for just 83 cents a week, three fifty-eight a month, and build it only $42.96. There's no promo code or anything. This deal ends Wednesday, National Signing Day at 10.59 p.m. Central Time. Yep, just sign up. Go to the site. You'll see the link. Again, no promo code or anything. Hey, we made it for a little bit, almost 50 minutes. Not bad. All right, everybody. Thanks for joining me. Appreciate Danny for jumping on with his recruiting stuff. Uh, Curtis Wilkerson will be back with you guys on Thursday following the midweek basketball game for Hog Hoops Live. It's a different YouTube channel, and uh, but the same Facebook page. All right, everybody. It's been Trey Biddy with hogsports.com, and we'll catch you next time. 